This podcast series is presented by Archetype. Archetype is an early-stage venture capital fund focused on backing crypto entrepreneurs who are working to accelerate the decentralized future. We lead investments in C-stage companies and are always open to speaking with crypto-native founders. For more information on our team and portfolio, go to archetype.fund. This season of Cross-Chain Examination is sponsored by Talos. Institutional investors across the digital asset industry have connected to Talos to access the entire crypto ecosystem via a single point of entry. Whether on the buy side or the sell side, from Wall Street's most storied firms to crypto native come-ups, institutional investors are using Talos to accelerate their digital asset offerings. Talos provides technology infrastructure that powers the full trade lifecycle. Talos's integrated platform supports the entirety of the trading process, from price discovery to execution and settlement. Check them out at talos.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Cross-Chain Examination. I'm your host, Catherine Wu. This is our final episode for season two and for 2022. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. What an amazing and fun season and year it's been. If you haven't yet, both season one and two are still up and available for you to catch up on, whether on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. I'm recording this on December 28th, 2022, and what a year we've had in crypto. It's easy to feel tired, a little defeated, and just ready to start the new year afresh. So for our final episode this year, and for the season, I wanted to end on a positive, builder-focused note. I asked eight of my favorite founders and investors each three questions, and will be sharing their sound bites in this episode. So to give the lay of the land, there were three questions that were on my mind as we ended this year, and these are the three questions that I asked our guests today. First, in a year that's been exhausting to say the least, what is a motivational reason to stay in crypto and remain optimistic on its future? Second, what are some themes or trends you're following and remain excited about for next year? Last but not least, advice to any listeners out there who are raising around or building in this bear market. Our eight speakers today are Ash Egan, founder of Archetype, Lauren Stefanian, partner at Pantera, Jason Choi, founder at Tangent, Min Teo of Ethereal Ventures, Eleni Steinman, co-founder of Loop, Alexis Galba, co-founder of Open, Dan Elliser, co-founder of Nascent, and Kevin Britz, co-founder of Perennial Labs. I can't thank them enough for their insights. And without further ado, let's hear from them. I've been in crypto since 2013, and honestly, I've never been more bullish on the future. Now, we have to separate near-term bullishness versus long-term bullishness. Near-term, who knows what's going to happen, but the long-term arc is still there. I still wake up every day and feel so excited to come and work in this industry and focus on how we can bring permissionless financial infrastructure to the entire world. For this coming year, I am, of course, excited about DeFi derivatives and all the flexibility they bring to folks, but also for strategies built on top of these primitives that can make them a lot more accessible to a lot more people. I think we're all exhausted from a year of headlines. But a lot of exciting stuff has happened within crypto this year. The merge happened seamlessly overnight. And today we're at the early days of the application era. Back in 2018, which was a very similar sentiment, a lot of the most incredible companies and protocols were born. Uniswap, Arbitrum, Bison Trails, which is now Coinbase's staking product. A lot of those products, protocols, and businesses 
were started when it felt like a time of despair. And so I think a reminder to everyone out there, keep focusing on what you can control. You know, don't let the copycats or the headlines sort of influence how you're thinking around building community, building killer product or any of that kind of stuff. I would totally agree that volatility and bad actors in the space have scared off a lot of the noise. But as we know, people who are truly passionate about crypto and all its potential are the ones who choose to stay. I found that quiet periods after these types of events are some of the best times for people to build unencumbered by the craziness around them. We've seen that competition starts to dwindle and people have time to vacuum up market share, which honestly, that's such an amazing spot to be in for the next cycle. Now, as all of this is happening, the massive implosion of the FTX scam proves that transparent financial primitives like DeFi are not just needed, but urgently so to displace opaque alternatives. Now, a month after FTX's implosion, we're still not entirely sure which lending desks are going under. We're still not sure what funds are going under because a lot of this business is still done in a very opaque and centralized ways. And it has a lot of negative externalities that affect just general users. So this is really not a viable foundation for Web3. So the industry will soon refocus its efforts on bringing real use cases back to DeFi, beginning with things like real-world yields or sustainable yields tied to predictable payments such as staking or mining. So I'm quite excited for the future of DeFi as well. Wow, we've had quite the year in crypto. And certainly I think FTX was our Enron moment. Uh, I don't want to discount that as a huge setback for the industry. However, when we zoom in into what people are building, the advancement of the technology, it's hard not to be excited. Ethereum actually executed on a pretty flawless merge and the roadmap ahead looks very exciting. We have a very healthy ecosystem of alternate L1 so people can choose their own adventure. And we also have lots more wallets and marketplaces and tooling, custody providers. I think just having the optionality is something that we never had. And at Ethereum, we're really passionate about providing people with the tooling and infrastructure so that they can have more robust and enriching application experiences. In the wake of FTX's downfall, there's also a lot of green space now for good founders to come in and build risk-managed financial products. I'd also would say I wouldn't let the news cycle scare you away if you really like this space. In addition to opportunity available to people building real value-add products, many institutions and enterprises are still super interested in this space and are not going away. Markets are cyclical, and it's times like this you should use to your advantage to prepare for the next upswing. If you compare or at this cycle to last cycle, so 2018 going into 2019, back then things were much worse. We had come off the ICO boom and, and pretty much nothing had been figured out by then. We still only had cryptocurrencies as, as the major use case for blockchain and there just wasn't a lot going on in the bear market at all. Versus now, you know, we have a pretty small but working DeFi system. So, you know, we have billions of dollars in credit markets and in, in exchanges. And this is, you know, again, in the depths of the bear market. So we can kind of see really good progress cycle over cycle, even though that there's these bull and bear cycles in between. We've been here before. Market prices are not crypto. It's about the technology. Real companies are building amazing solutions to big problems, like controlling one's data, giving creators more control over their financial future, and cross-border payments. There are many use cases for crypto that help me remain optimistic. And I think 
what we're going to see in 2023 is more of the application layer and sort of the technology underpinning that. ZK feels like we're sort of on the cusp of unlocking entirely new applications, voting on governance proposals via ZK proofs and things like that. I'm looking forward to getting closer and closer to DeFi being just finance. And I think we get there by making these things a lot simpler, accessible, and understandable for people to use. DeFi has had, I would say, a kind of proof point over the last few months where we've seen yet again the failure of relying on centralized exchanges and centralized infrastructure. The DeFi protocols have largely worked. Some of the biggest ones have just grown from nothing a couple years ago to transacting billions of dollars a day in trades, holding billions of dollars in assets that are used for lending and borrowing, and they're doing so in a completely transparent way that is accessible to anyone anywhere in the world with an internet-connected device. I might be biased, but I do think payments will be big next year. It's a natural progression from the explosion of DAOs in the creator economy of this past year. DAOs are looking to pay contributors, and creators are searching for ways to monetize their work. At Ethereal Ventures, there's three themes that we're really psyched about in 2023. The first one is zero-knowledge cryptography, not only just for the purpose of scaling blockchains, but moving and outsourcing computation has lots of different ramifications for different categories. The second theme that we're excited about is Web3 Social. One of the core primitives of Web3 Social is being able to create a contextual and personalized and curated experiences for the user. And I think we'll start seeing a lot of experimentation in this category for 2023. Lastly, we are believers that there is some merit to the one app, one chain or role up theory. Certainly teams such as Celestia, they've done a great job in educating us on, you know, what a modular developer framework is that really presents an alternative to scaling beyond what we're used to seeing on L1s. And I think there's a lot of merit in that approach. Ultimately, it does require a shift in developer approach, but flexibility and optionality, I think, tends to unlock new ecosystems. And a lot of this innovation will manifest on the application layer, which definitely is a plus for everyone. Building in a bear market is actually a lot easier because in a bull market, everything works. So it feels nice because you get to launch stuff and everyone uses it and it gets a lot of traction, at least number wise. But it's really hard to actually know what's working and what's not working in reality uh, without all the extra incentives. In a bear market, all that's gone. So you actually have to work for every user and you very quickly can see which things are working, which things are not working. And you can also really quickly iterate and improve because you you have a much more direct feedback loop on when you actually solve these problems and, and create something that people want to use intrinsically. So since I've been with my firm, I've primarily been focused on infrastructure. Um, that includes both centralized and decentralized infrastructure. There are still many developer and investor pain points that I believe need to be solved. And therefore, in this market, I continue to be focused on that. Market conditions have definitely changed. But I know for us and for other builders in the space, the same things remain the most important. Talking to the people using these products, shipping product, and really just focusing on building things that are bringing real value to real people. Enjoy the calm. Now is the best time to build because there's less noise and distraction. You can really feel how strong the community is, so we should all enjoy it. And my advice to founders 
who are building and sticking around or even joining during this bear market is focus on the infrastructure that you would trust, that you would feel safe having your life savings depend upon, build on that or build it yourself. That is what we want to do. This is not a time to, I would say, move fast and break things. This is the time to deal with, I would say, the technical debt that we have incurred as an industry and build better, more robust, long-standing versions of some of the things that we've already started to take for granted. But I still think there's a lot of room to improve it, to harden it, and make it appropriate for the rest of the world to come in and start using as well. It's a great time to be building, but less so for raising, for sure. It's a tough fundraising market right now. Um, but that being said, deals are still getting done. My advice, first impressions are important. So before you raise, you want to make sure you're in the best possible position to do so. That can mean waiting a little bit longer for a contract to close with a customer in your pipeline. It could mean practicing your pitch to make sure you have a really crisp narrative and answers to potential questions you might be asked. The bar is definitely higher than it used to be, but all in all, as long as your narrative fits the thesis an investor you're pitching might have, it's still possible to complete a raise. I think the basic tenet is don't stop believing. Uh, we're on the cusp of something really awesome. And so many great companies were built in the last bear market. And the most important thing is to just survive and focus on what's important. So don't get hung up on valuations. Use this opportunity where there's incredible talent in our industry. You know, there's been a huge migration of talent from Web 2 to Web 3. And it's super encouraging to see that this talent is actually sticking around. Use the opportunity to build a really long-term sustaining team that is value aligned with what you're building. And, you know, have the relentless focus to actually bring difficult and innovative products to market. I think ultimately that's what will differentiate long-term founders. And when the next bull market comes around, you'll be well positioned to thrive and grow. So keep on keeping on. So the general themes that I think will be prevalent next year, I'm personally Focus on DeFi, so zeroing in on that. I think derivatives obviously will be a big space and I'm pretty biased on that one. But you know, in general, better platforms for creating markets, especially more exotic derivatives. So I think Squeeth is a good example of this, but the space for non-linear derivatives is really interesting. I think we'll expand a lot from there. And I think the other area, which is gonna be really essential for DeFi's growth uh, over the next cycle is, is real world assets. So just getting more things like USDC, where we're tokenizing assets that actually exist in the real world, creating ERC-20 wrappers around those that are as secure and, and audited and regulated as we can make them, but then surfacing them to be used in DeFi primitives. Because that's really how we get DeFi being used as an actual financial system uh, longer term. And the final thing that I think is quite important for Web3 is Twitter as a catalyst for increased interest in Web3 social. Now, with the recent controversy over Twitter's management and censorship practices, there's now a heightened awareness of the need for user-owned alternatives for Web3 social. So I think Web3 is perfectly poised to be the bedrock of the next generation of social media. So while Web3 social is still extremely experimental, extremely new, this is an area that I'm really excited and I'm actively trying out any products out there as well. We are just starting to scratch the surface of what can be done here. And I think this is the time to step back and reflect and say, okay, 
we're in a bear market, it's going to be six months, a year, two years, three years. Who knows how long we're going to have before broader interest starts coming back to crypto. Let's use this time to harden the primitives, harden the things that we're building on top of that we think are really worthy of being a long-term financial layer that we can build things that can legitimately serve hundreds of millions or even billions of people. We're super optimistic about the future here at Archetype, and we'll see you in 2023. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode from season two of Cross Chain Examination, hosted by Catherine Wu and presented by Archetype. If you like this episode, please give it a five star rating, like it on YouTube, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Also, make sure to check out season one. We have 10 episodes from awesome guests talking about all kinds of topics from privacy and crypto to crypto regulation to many, many other topics that I care deeply about. Share this also with a friend, with a coworker, and maybe even family if you enjoyed it. And give us a follow on Twitter. We are at CrossChainPod. DM me, at me with any suggestions, guests you would like to hear, and anything else. Thank you so much again, and hope you tune in to our next one. 